What's going on, everyone? It's Bales, and welcome back to another episode of AFL Fantasy Head to Head, where you put two players up against each other to see who'll be picking out of them for 2024. This is episode 16 of the series. If you haven't checked out the other 15 episodes, then make sure that you do. And yeah, also make sure you leave a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. But we're talking another couple of uh, relevant, very relevant players here in terms of defenders. And I've got another legend to join uh, me chatting these two, two-time top 10 finisher and uh, a member of the Pod Pod. We're on a bit of a Pod Pod role at the moment. It is uh, home to mate. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, Bales. Uh, thanks for having me on. I've, I've been enjoying this little series that you're doing and yeah, looking forward to chatting with you today about Nasai. I've done a lot of research on Hayden Young and looked at Nasai a little bit, but it would be good to hear your perspective on on why you think he's a worthwhile pick this year. Yeah, uh, it'd be very, very interesting. And I'm, I'm these two players definitely on the watch list and um, both have uh, spent time uh, in my side and we'll get to that. But let's talk about Nasai Wang and E. Miller first. So uh, Tim's mate, Gavin, had a bit of a breakout year last year. So he went from a 59 average in 2022 to average 91.3 last year. But he averaged 97.8 from rounds 10 to 20. So you can already see that being priced at 91.3 this year, there's potentially six points of upside already baked into that. Plus, he's obviously entering his third season. So we obviously know about that third year breakout. I don't think we need to worry about too much attention when it comes to Nassau Mill. I think that a lot of that's going to go to Jack Sinclair. He's obviously the main guy uh, back there. Whether, whether it be off halfback or even in the midfield, I think if teams are looking to put attention on a player, he's going to be going towards uh, Jack Sinclair. Um, just the you know, one thing that I'm nervous with him is just um, he's, he's had some of those floor scores, and we, we saw a couple of those last year. So just going into like some of his lower scores last year, the only worry that I have. So on one hand, he is he's got a, a pretty decent ceiling. Like we see some scores, like he had a um, couple of one twenty fives, a one thirty there, which was his career high. So he, he's got the ceiling to match it with those defenders. It's just a few of those scores where they're a little bit lower. So just for example, I won't read out the first half. Actually, I'll go to the first half. Actually, yeah, I was going to say because he was he was down a bit to start the year, only one hundred. Uh, in his first six games, but he scored a 53 against the Crows in round nine, so a lower score there. There's a few 70s there, um, and then obviously a couple of six, like a 55 against Carlton, a 66 against Collingwood. So not not a few poor scores. We do know defenders can have a bit of a flaw like that. It's just it's the scores essentially from from the past the buy onwards. He's like the scores of 118, 130, 125, 103. Some good scores there as well, even 94 against uh, GWS in um, that final as well. So um, his kick-ins, um, he was second behind Sinclair, but his numbers were, were fairly healthy um, throughout the year, was was second behind Sinclair. And, and I think I'll go to your homesy for this point here is with Sinclair being such a versatile player, he can play on a wing, play in the midfield. How do you see Sinclair's back line um, going this year? Do you see Sinclair pushing more is that midfield like we did see at points last year, or do you think it'll be a bit of a Sinclair is going to play in defence um, and, and Sawane Miller will be there? And, and if, is that a positive or a negative if Sinclair's back there with him? Oh, look, Bows, we'd, we'd be speculating, but I, I would think that Ross continues to deploy him in that same role. He's kind of his Mr. Fix that he can play anywhere. Uh, we don't want him playing forward, which he hasn't really, but whether it's in defence, whether it's in the midfield, it, it seems like he's that go-to guy that Ross just, will throw around where he needs to. And, and from a Sinclair point of view, he doesn't need to be anywhere in particular to score. He just gets it done. Um, but yeah, I, I think if he spends more time in the midfield, that probably is good for Nasir. But at the same time, 
I kind of disagree with you a little bit. I think that teams will start yeah. to put a little bit more time into him. Uh, we've seen players in their second year kind of get away with a little bit more when the comp's kind of starting to understand how they play. But I think it gets a little bit tougher in the third year. And with him being such a good ball user, it wouldn't surprise me if teams start to to not lock down on him, but maybe put a bit more time into him and, and put maybe a bit more of a dangerous forward on him to, to hold him accountable a bit. So, yeah, look, he's, he's a fantastic player. Um, um, I'm a little bit sceptical about um, whether how much growth he has in his third year. We just have to look to the the player that we're actually talking about in this podcast, Hayden Young, who um, was in a similar boat. He didn't average 91, but I think it was high 80s, and we all thought there was going to be that natural progression and he'd go on his merry way, but he just he just kind of stagnated because we know it's pretty hard for defenders to average above 90, especially if they've got you know Hayden Young had a Luke Ryan taking up ball back there and and even a Jordan Clark on his day. And that's kind of similar with St Kilda as well with, with Jack Sinclair. So can't argue with the numbers there. And, and he definitely averaged more post-buy and came home strong. But I'm still a little bit tentative on whether he could do that for a full year, especially with Jack Sinclair. Yeah, and, and we've seen we've seen players have, have good second halves of the year and then the following year that just doesn't eventuate. It just happened that they were just in good form and sort of a bit like the hot hand. He just kept getting the ball. And I think, I can't remember who came up with the stat, but he was what the... He's averaged the most points in this. Is someone of their second year didn't attend a centre bounce, so it just shows really how good of a year he did have last year. So, as you say, maybe teams look at that and go, "He got away from us in the back half of last year." Jack Sinclair can sometimes be a bit more difficult to to tag because he can just sort of roll around the back and get those cheap possessions, and he's just a really good player. So maybe they do um, lock down on on the side wing and below this year. Um, and the one thing that again another sort of point, um, sort of I'm always talking a bit more negatively about. Uh, Nasiah, um, is that his, his opening run, I talked about it a little bit with um, Flanders on the episode with um, DC. If you guys haven't checked that episode out, make sure that you do. But he's got a bit of a mixed run at home, so I'd like to get your thoughts on, on what you think of, of this run here. So um, he's got so Geelong in, down in Geelong. We know, I know Geelong aren't what they were even like a couple of years ago, but I think they'll still be tough to score on. Collingwood with the MCG, Essen at Marvel. Then he's got um, Richmond at Norwood, which Norwood we saw last year. There's some bad scores, especially from those halfback flangers. I remember watching Whitfield there, and, and he just didn't get involved in the game just with the ground being just such a weird-shaped ground. Then he's got Giants at Monica Oval, Dogs at Marvel, which will be good. Um, but then he's got um, Port Adelaide, Adelaide Oval, uh, North Melbourne at Marvel, which will be fine, Hawthorne at Utah. So a bit of a, a mixed bag there. What do you make of that sort of opening run? Is is there a few games there that make you sort of think, yeah, with your concerns potentially of the upside, maybe you're steering clear? Or do you think that maybe probably not read too much into it and see how everything unfolds in the preseason? Yeah, look, you definitely have to look into it. I think the, the main thing that sticks out there in the first eight games is that there's only two games at Marvel Stadium. And it seemed, uh, I think it was DC put out the stat on Twitter that, uh, the St Kilda players all averaged significantly more at Marvel last year compared to when they were playing away. So that might be something to look at as well. Um, conveniently, they didn't start off too many games at Marvel last year. And then I think they only left Marvel Stadium once or twice after their buy. So maybe that had something to do um, with this scoring. I know Jaden Papowski has been big on Twitter pretty recently saying that uh, venue doesn't really play too much of a role in in what he's kind of looked at with his stats. But um, yeah, look, with the home ground advantage that they have in playing under the roof, I, I think there might be something there um, with with Nasiah Wanganee Miller. So, yeah, that that opening run would kind of scare me off a little bit, just knowing that they're not playing at Marvel too much. Yep, and and fine enough, you mentioned that uh, that stat about Marvel Stadium. Uh, St Kilda post their round 15 by uh, this upcoming year. 
They only play once outside of uh, Marvel Stadium, which is against the Crows in round 18. But you've got Port, Sydney at Marvel. Then you've got West Coast, Essendon, Brisbane, Richmond, Geelong and Carlton all at Marvel Stadium. So pretty crazy to think. So maybe he could potentially be that guy that we look at um, if he goes well. Maybe around that mid-season buy, we look to jump on him with all those Marvel games coming up. So, yeah, a lot of interesting points um, with uh, Nassai Wayne and Miller. But we will move across to the other side um, of this battle and, and talk about Hayden Young. Uh, Holmes obviously want to... Your boys at Freo, uh, why should Phil be keen on starting Hayden Young in 2024? Yeah, look, he's, um, I'm kind of glad you got me on here to talk about Hayden Young. Just to be honest, in terms of a preseason pick, he's almost as much of a slam dunk pick as we're going to get uh, at this point in the preseason. In years gone by, we've always looked for those uh, midfielders, so players that are playing in the AFL in the midfield but, but come in with defender status. So I think, yeah, Callum Mills, Jordan Dawson's, Rory Laird's, um, he, yeah, even or Sam Doherty was purely back, but he started to get mid-time as well when he had defender status. And yeah, it's we do have some defenders like Sicily and, and Dacos when he was playing in defence, uh, scoring big numbers. But generally, we like the midfielders that are around the ball. And that's exactly what happened to Hayden Young in the, the back end of last year. So the last five games, Freo decided to, to move the magnets around. They chucked him into the midfield. And in his last five games, he was playing that sort of defensive midfielder role and he averaged 98. So Moving forward, all of the word out of Freo this year has been very positive that he's a full-time midfielder now. That's the role they they intend him to play. And, yeah, he, he adds something different to that to that Freo midfield. He's, I'm not going to say he's Jordan Dawson, but he's definitely in that mould of a bigger-bodied player who tackles hard. He's got a, a very good left-foot kick. And, yeah, Freo have big fl- big plans for him, I would think. And I I don't know exactly what he's going to average. It's it's pretty tough if you if you expect Brayshaw and Sarong to be around that one ten mark again, like they were last year. Then there's only going to be so much ball to go around. But yeah, there's no reason why Hayden Young can't go at that sort of ninety eight mark that he went in the back end of last year. We did actually see Caleb Sarong drop a little bit in that time with with Hayden Young getting a little bit a little bit more inside ball and, and getting those tackles. So yeah, at this stage of the preseason, I'm pretty happy to to have. Well, he's in my side, and I can't see that changing at the moment. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's in my side as well, and I'm, I'm pretty bullish on, on what he can do this year. So you obviously mentioned about Brayshaw and, and Sarong there. So talk to me about what you expect that midfield sort of to look like. You've got there's – there's a lot of names sort of being thrown there. You obviously got Brayshaw and Sarong are going to be there. But then you've, you've, we've heard about five training in the midfield. We've heard Matt Johnson's obviously um, turning a lot of heads at free own and, and looking like a really promising player. Um, obviously, Will Brody, he's, he's on the out at the moment, but who knows? You've got O'Meara there as well. I expect maybe a, a Switkowski potentially to get a couple of CBAs here and there, just add a bit a bit something different in there. So wh- how do you see that um, sort of working with Freo? Is it, is it a pre-season watch or do you have a sort of a fair idea maybe of what could happen? Yeah, look, it's like all, all teams, it's definitely a pre-season watch. We don't exactly know how it's going to line up, but I, I kind of think it's going to compare pretty close to Adelaide's midfield. I think... Adelaide have the big three in Dawson, Laird and Crouch well, in the back back end of the year. And then they had some other guys just going through there. And I kind of predict that that's what Freo was going to look like this year. Long Muir is coming into his last year of his contract. He's essentially coaching for his life. They've uh, they've come off of the back of a pretty disappointing pre-season uh, last year and he's not mucking around. So I think it's going to be Brayshaw, Sarong and Young as the big three in there. And Freo have been pretty vocal that Matt, that Nat Fife's going to be back in there, and I'd expect him to be in there, you know, sort of forty to fifty percent with, yeah, the the others just floating in there, and your Johnsons, maybe Erasmus if he gets a game, and even even Swikowski wasn't a bad shout from you there, but yeah, those those big three, and 
I, I'm pretty sure that's how the fantasy scoring is going to go as well. But he's so good on the inside, Hayden Young. It, we've only seen it for five games, but he's he's been a classy player from the moment he stepped into that team. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's big in their plan. So I'm, yeah, very comfortable that he's going to be in there a fair amount. A fair amount. Yeah, he and you, you've said the comparison of Dawson before. And, and I know he is obviously a little bit different, but they do remind me in a sense that, when, especially Dawson, obviously myself have been a Crows fan, when he came over from Sydney, I'd sort of thought, yep, he's going to be a halfback guy, that general back there, so controlling everything. And when he went to midfield, like he he showed this sort of, this like the grunt that I didn't really expect to, to see from him, like really sort of tough inside, getting those like those tough tackles. And, and obviously now he's the captain as well. And Young reminded me a little bit of that. I know he's always been a, a pretty good contestant player in terms of being a defender, but seeing him sort of lay all those tackles, really getting in and under and getting those contest sessions, that... It pleasantly surprised me, and, and I'm sure that yourself as a Freya fan, that would have been something as well good to see. And also mixed with the fact he's such a good outside player as well. We just, yeah, he looks really, really good. But sort of in terms of the averages, obviously, I'm sort of thinking maybe Brayshaw pushes closer towards that 115. Maybe Sarong takes a bit more of a haircut from 100 to 105, and and Young goes somewhere around that 95 mark, maybe pushes 100. Is that? Do you see that being something similar there? Do you see it maybe a little bit different? What are your thoughts? Yeah, look, just speculating, I, I wouldn't have thought that, you know, with those three being as good as they are, very rarely do we see teams with two players averaging over 110. I mean, you look at Adelaide, you had Dawson go 112, 113, and then you had Laird at 109. And even when Crouch came in at the back end of the year, he went at 98. Um, you know, you had the Bulldogs, Tim English go 117, who was, who was playing more of a midfield role anyway, and Bont was big. But outside of that, other than maybe a Merritt and a Parish, there's not generally two midfielders that can go above 110 in the same side. And if you throw a third midfielder in there as well, there's even less ball to go around. So I probably have Brayshaw around that sort of 110 mark. He might even find himself kind of rotating out on the wing a little bit more this year. Yeah. Not because they don't like him in the inside, but he he kind of fits in that mould where he, he can get it on the inside or he can get it on the outside. He's more of a value out there. So it wouldn't surprise me if he spends just a little bit more time out there and that allows Sarong, Brace, uh, Sarong, Young, and even a Fife at times to go to work on the inside to get it in, out to him on the outside. Sarong, I think Sarong will be about where he is. Maybe a slight regression. It's he he had he averaged thirty two possessions last year. He's not a high mark player, so um, maybe that drops a little bit. And yeah, Young will be anywhere between ninety five to one hundred. But I think it'll land closer to that ninety seven, ninety eight. Which from that ninety price tag, uh, that'll be close enough to top six. And that's someone we've got at value that we can lock away for the year. Yep, and as you mentioned as well, the fact he's going to be playing midfield, we want those defenders playing midfield, and if you can get that to bonus, especially being priced at ninety, and and the fact he can fit heal the stat lines as well. We saw last year he can tackle, he can obviously get um get um every like marks every now and again. So if we can fill this hit all the stat lines and and up that disposals to twenty five uh, plus disposals, then yeah, we're looking at potentially around that hundred or um or just a little bit less or a little bit more. So we yeah, very well, very interesting. That's his role, right? Like he. He was doing jobs last year. So he, when he came into the midfield, they played Geelong. He, he did the job on Dangerfield. He did a job on Neil. He did a job on Rosie. And it's not like you're, he's not following him around the ground all the time and, and damaging his own game. He'll, he'll get them at the stoppage, which opens up plenty of opportunity for tackles. But then he's so good in transition as well that they still look to get in the ball um, during play. So he's, he's essentially one of those perfect fantasy players for us and, yeah. and hopefully he can show it. Yeah, that uh, you're saying that, and I was just thinking about like someone like Josh Dunkley. Well, we've seen that he, he sometimes follows people to stoppage, and and then he gets involved in that transitional play. So hopefully we can see 
a good season from Hayden Young. I tell you what, imagine if he went one ten or something like that and be like that sort of like an Errol Gordon from last year and, and be that absolutely smash pick. So, but the time has come to sort of pick between these two. I think that more for not we we know, but I think we're, we're pretty sure we know. But Holmesy, who are you picking between uh, Nasai Wayne Miller and Hayden Young for twenty twenty four? Yeah, so I've got Young at the moment. Nasai, I think he spent about maybe half a day in my team where I just kind of played around with it, but I just think with I, I bank on Sinclair being pretty good. I think Jack Steele is going to have a little bit of a little bit of a fight back, and they've recruited um, Liam Henry as well. I think Saints potentially are going to try and play a little bit quicker this year. We look at it a little bit, but in terms of their overall fantasy points, they were I think eighty points a game better than the next best side, and that's just so far out of the normal. So I think another year under under Ross, they might come back a little bit, which means that potentially Nasai just is what he is, which. He's a fantastic player, uh, but I just don't think there's going to be enough growth on his price to start at this stage. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I think I've got Young as well. I, I was pretty keen on Nasai Wayne Miller at the beginning of the preseason when I had him on my side. It's funny, my defensive change field. I had him and Sheasel, but sort of just with those two, just sort of the more I've, I've looked into numbers and just hearing some things, I've, I'm not as keen on on either. But that's definitely not saying that they're not in the mix. If if I see something in preseason that looks good, then potentially. But yeah, at the moment, Young Young's locked in. Um, it's just whether I pick the Wang or at D two, or if I go for for another player. So, yeah, I just think Hayden Young, as you said, you you need to pick these guys that are slept these slam dunk picks, and and Hayden Young looks everything of that, and and we'll obviously get to have a look at him in the preseason. Yeah, by, I think it was what Nathan Schmucks was saying on the Traders pod uh, early in the week. He said that Hayden Young essentially ha- has not looked at halfback at all. He's been full midfield, and, and that's even just more confidence. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do this season. But that will uh, conclude another episode of um, AFL Fantasy Head Day. The good thing is those two players don't have uh, early buys either. So, um, And actually, that's probably another good thing as well with Young. Probably didn't quite touch on as much, but he has got that round 13 buy, which is which is um, helpful as well. But uh but yeah, if you did enjoy the video, make sure you leave a like and subscribe to the channel as we try to head to 2,000 subscribers. Uh, let us know your thoughts in the comments below on Hayden Young and the Cywayne Miller if you've got either on your side. Let us know your thoughts and any other questions that I've uh, put in the comments below there. But Holmesy, mate, thank you very much for jumping on. I know you're a busy man. appreciate you jumping on um, for a chat here. Where can the people find you across socials and uh, what can people be expecting from the Pod Pod in 2024? Yeah, so jump over to Pod Pod AFL on on X. Uh, we're doing some good things over there. Not not exactly sure um, where we're going to go with this season. Obviously, we we'll, we got the podcast every week, and we've got a really good bunch of guys on there. We all offer a different perspective, and most of us, other than Doss, have all been there before. So it's it's good to talk from a bit of experience as well. But who knows? We might have some big things planned. I've, I I like doing these one on one interviews. I, I recorded one with Stevie Fizz last night, which will be out soon, which was a good one, and. Yeah, looking forward to to deep diving more with some some good coaches as we as we come towards a fantasy season that we haven't seen before, which is super exciting. Yeah, yeah, and well, the one I enjoyed uh, a lot and I enjoy all the stuff pop up, but that one that you did with DT Lemon, at, um, at, I think it was the beginning of January or whatever. So, and that's still very very relevant. So, if people haven't listened to that. I'm sure everyone, ha- all you guys have, but if you haven't, make sure you check that because it's yeah, it's getting. A lot of insight from two great coaches is fantastic. So, um, yeah, make sure you get around that. And also get around the Pod Pod channel uh, on YouTube as well. That's uh, a new one on there, which is uh, good to see. Uh, you boys doing some uh, video content um, and getting all that stuff. And, and yeah, and I like, do like the uh, intro music you guys have got with the team previews. That <laughs> um, is good as well from uh, Checkers there. But, uh, yeah, um, fantastic work. Um, you can find me at Bells DT on 
Twitter and Instagram as well. And obviously, as I said, like and subscribe across here. And if you're listening to this as the podcast, um, appreciate you uh, listening there as well. Five-star rating review, we very much appreciate. We might even read some of those reviews out uh, in the preseason, me and Tim, uh, throughout some podcasts. So make sure you guys get around that. But uh, yeah, in the next episode, got another special guest. Again, the duo uh, hasn't quite been locked in yet, but we'll be talking about a couple of very relevant players. Again, all these players are relevant. And again, another um, fantastic special guest to jump on and chat um, some more relevant players. So thanks, Holmes, again, for jumping on. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys in the next episode. So we're out. Cheers. Cheers.